You are now listening to the Whipped Cream Podcast with Bianca Harris and Chantel Chapman. We're so excited to have Dr. Sonia Jensen here with us today. She's a mom of two boys, a naturopathic doctor, a yoga teacher, and a women's health expert. After years of working closely with women and their families, her mission and purpose has become clear, to inspire women so they can live free and balanced lives. Her work with women has taken her to places like Haiti, where she assisted a group of naturopathic doctors with an organization called Mama Baby to provide maternal and pediatric health care. This experience solidified for her that her passion lies in working with women and their families. She now runs monthly workshops for women to support them in all aspects of their lives. We're so excited to have uh, Dr. Sonia here today. Um, I actually met, she's from Vancouver, from where I'm from, and I heard about her because my teachers who we've had on the podcast, Sukdev and Kia Miller, have both worked with uh, Sonia and have raved about their experience with her. So um, I saw you in Vancouver, Sonia, and what struck me as being very different and very significant about your approach is um, I went into your office and you started asking um, some questions about some of the psychological experiences that, that I've been through throughout my life. And right away, I was just like, wow, like finally someone who's looking at um, my physical health and the way I feel, but from more of this holistic approach. So um, that's one of the reasons why I really wanted to share Sonia with our audience because it, it felt that felt different to me in, in my experiences within the medical realm. So thank you, know, you for being here. Oh, thank you for having me on. This is so great. I love when women get together and support each other and provide information to other women to help elevate their life. So thank you for doing what you guys are doing. Yeah. So maybe, Sonia, tell us a little bit about um, that that relationship. Um, mm -hmm. Because when we had met, we had talked about, um, you know, like we were talking even about the abortion that I had and mm -hmm. the that I had on, uh, on my body. Um, mm -hmm. And not from like, like the physical impacts, but more mm -hmm. of like the psychological and like the emotional trauma that mm -hmm. was around that. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about like that connection in your yeah. between like what's going on in your life and yeah. your body. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There are so many layers when it comes to healing, and I find in the normal, put in quotation marks, medical model. It's unfortunate because everything gets segmented, right? So you have your hormonal system, then you have your respiratory, whatever's going on, and you have specialists that may be able to support you in that realm. But what's forgotten is that we're whole individuals and that our stories and our experiences and how we perceive our experiences has a direct relationship and how our body is going to relate to us and also how it's going to react and respond. So when we have these stories and these um, traumas and experiences, our body will hold on to them. I mean, anyone that's been in a car accident can really speak to that because that trauma of that reaction, getting hit by another car or whatever that accident is, stays within the muscles. 
So an emotional trauma is going to get anchored into our organ system. And this is seen in a lot of traditional medicine, like Chinese medicine, traditional Ayurvedic medicine. A lot of our emotions that show up in reaction to our experiences are related to our organs. For instance, um, anger is related to the liver. Resentment um, is related to the ovaries for women. Fear is connected to the kidneys. Grief is connected to the lungs. So we forget that there's such a deep connection in how we're feeling today and what we experienced many, many years before. So what I like to do is educate women that um, it's not, one is not in your head, right? I think intuitively we all know that there's a connection and that there's something going on, that there's something off in my body. And it's just a matter of piecing the puzzle together and figuring out, one, what the trigger is, and two, how we can just support that whole system so that healing can actually happen. Right. Yeah, what comes up for me when you're, when you're describing this is because I totally agree, but I also don't know how to approach it. So like I was telling Chantel before we started, like I've had a, like a pain in my lower back for, I, can, I think it goes back as far as like five or six years. Mm -hmm. and it's like I do all of the things that I think I'm doing yoga and I'm meditating and I'm doing like Chinese medicine, but I'm like, there's still something going on there that I can't quite pinpoint. So how do you kind of approach that with your patients and like mm -hmm. digging through how to relieve the pain? Yeah. So pain is such an interesting one because it's there to provoke you to make change, right? It isn't really until until we're in pain and sometimes even immobilized by that pain and maybe it's emotional pain or physical pain that we're not really seeing what the actual truth is, what the, the, the story is behind the pain. Because sometimes the pain actually is giving us something. It's giving us something to focus on. It's giving us maybe even an excuse. It's giving us so much, right? So it isn't until we practice that practice of letting go of some of the aspects that brought on that pain. And it starts in the physical, but it usually goes back very emotional and very deep and going all the way back to even childhood and even memories of birth and in the womb. Like there's so many generational things that get passed down to us that we intuitively don't know, but is in our bodies. So when I work with somebody, I just, one, just listen to the story, right? Because just listening to somebody's story kind of starts giving you hints on where that individual maybe stores their pain. For one person, it might show up like asthma. For somebody else, it's you know debilitating enough where you can't move, and maybe um, from that you're receiving some information or some encouragement from others or support that maybe is missing in other parts of your life. So there's always another layer. Wow, I think what you said. I mean, I just like I, I was literally reflecting about it as you were speaking as well. It's like that thing that you can focus on instead of. For me, it's like focusing on like evolving in my life because I'm so focused mm -hmm. on that, that thing. It's like focused on the drama about it that it yeah. keeps you from doing other things. Yeah, and, and it prevents you from being bigger, right? So I think when you step into your power, it's very scary because we're not taught the tools that allow us to actually step into who we are and present ourselves to the world. And it feels really scary and raw. So if there's something that can hold us back just a little bit longer in our comfort of our pain, then it's just easier, right? Than to actually face uh, what we need. Because I just started <laughs> reading a book yesterday that's called The Big Leap. Have you read it? I haven't, no. I mean, it's essentially talking about what you're saying. So it's like he describes in the intro that he 
Like let, let's say for instance, you're working out for a whole week and you're doing really amazing and you're going to the gym and taking care of yourself. And then you feel this need to sabotage it by like eating crap all weekend and like doing the total opposite of what you're trying to achieve. Cause it's like, it kind of prevents you from being bigger because you don't even know how to step into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thing that I think we all deal with, right? Oh, absolutely. And so many different levels of it too, right? So I think it's great to have the awareness though. That's number one that, okay, I am conscious because we always know, we know we're holding ourselves back when we know we can be bigger and better and stronger and all that. But there's certain beliefs and patterns that will keep us in our old system. There's um, a neuroscientist that was speaking once and she was speaking to how when we have a pattern in our brain, the neurons are very tightly fitted. Like the the pattern is just there, it's stuck. It's been there for decades, maybe even generations. So it's a metabolic expense for the body to actually rip that open and create a new pattern. So it has to be a commitment and a discipline and a real desire to want to rip that open and create a new pattern that's actually going to serve you so you can serve you know, your bigger purpose. And I think the first thing that I like to do when working with patients is to figure out what that actually is. Like, what is the why? What is your purpose? Because that's the only way someone's going to actually focus on their health. Because someone can come to me and say, you know, um, I want to lose weight. But there's something behind the weight. There's, uh, there's some self-esteem stuff going on, or there's a lack of energy, and maybe that grandma can't play with her grandkids, or maybe you want to travel, or maybe you want to write a book. Maybe there's something else. There's always a bigger why than just the weight or just the fatigue or just the PMS that we're experiencing. There's always something deeper behind it. When you said that, when you said, I always want to know, like, what is why? I just got chills over my entire body. Mm-hmm. It's just like, that to me, that's like, and it really always comes to that. What is, what is our best? Always because when you're aligned with it you'll do whatever it takes to get to it you'll do whatever it takes to get to that why and that purpose and being in service because that's really for all of us like tony robbins talks about those six essential needs that we have as humans and the two big ones are to give and to be of service right so when we're aligned with that we will do the work we will take the vitamins, we will do the exercise, we will eat things that are actually nourishing our bodies so we can live that bigger why. Yeah, yeah But it's also it's also not as easy as that. Like we can, no. we can be aware of our dharma, our purpose, how we're gonna be of service in the world. But like you said, it's like breaking those patterns where we do tend to sabotage. Like mm-hmm. you know, I, I feel really about my purpose but like I also have a lot of awareness how I go into like almost like these like love addiction um Mm -hmm. like tight patterns where I'm like I'm not feeling worthy and Mm -hmm. I'm going to focus all my energy on getting work and it takes me off my feels like it just it doesn't feel aligned but like it's that familiarity of like the the Mm mm-hmm yeah. Yeah. And I think women in general, were a bit addicted to suffering and pain and we almost um, lower our vibration to match those around us so that they don't feel bad. Right. Intuitively, we're, we're wired to, um, to help, to nourish and to serve. That's, that's our wiring. 
And when somebody is in front of us that maybe is having a bad day or is having a really difficult time in their life, instead of um, stepping into our power and elevating that person and be that shining light, we tend to lower our vibrations so we can match them so that they feel comfortable. We tend to make choices in our life so that others are comfortable around us so we don't stand out too much because what does that mean, you know, um, ancestral-wise or generations before, if you were different, you were casted out of your tribe, and that means death. So we're wired to survive and we'll make choices in our lives to help us survive in every moment. And maybe sometimes that means hiding who we actually are. I feel like this every day. Mm. It's, it's like I know intuitively I have something bigger to give and like for, um, but it's almost like I, I want to hide because I'm scared or I have a lot of fear attached to actually up to that potential. Mm-hmm. And then that's interesting. It's interesting how it's so connected because in a sense, it's like the physical comes into it as well. And I talk to Chantel about this every month when I get my period. Like my PMS is so yes. that it literally sets me back like two weeks. Yeah. Your hormonal system is such an intricate system that's giving you signals every single day, especially for women. Men do too, but it's a little, it works a little bit differently. But for women, our hormone that helps us thrive, it's called progesterone. And progesterone, it's anti-anxiety, it's antidepressive, it's one that regulates our mood, our system, it's very nourishing. So for instance, when a woman is pregnant, progesterone is very high. So that glow that you're seeing is progesterone. So when we're stuck in a state of survival, and every day, most of us are, because we're running from one task to the next, we're in our minds trying to figure out how we're going to pay the next bill or whatever that woman's stress is in that moment, the physiology in our body can't tell a difference between that, you know, just having a thought about a stress and actually being in danger. So your physiology will help you survive and give you the adrenaline, give you the cortisol that you need to move you through that experience. But that cortisol comes from progesterone which is our hormone that helps us thrive. So every day we're depleting our stores of progesterone, creating these signals of irritability, irregular cycles, maybe it's breast tenderness, maybe they're really heavy periods, maybe it's just mood changes of depression, anxiety, all that starts to show up as signals that there's something deeper going on and our hormones are just communicators. Like they get blamed a lot but all they're doing is communicating the messages we're giving them. That's it. Wow. Right. So, so the higher stress levels, the higher cortisol. Is the, mm-hmm. the progesterone, yes. Yeah. And, you know, progesterone gets depleted in several ways. Um, that's one of the main ones is stress. But there's also our environmental stresses. We're living in the most toxic period ever known to humans. So the extra estrogens that we get from our environment, which is like the um, opposing um, hormone to progesterone, like they work together, but then they can also oppose one another. And estrogen comes from our pesticides that are getting sprayed over all our fruits and vegetables. If you're not eating organic, it's getting pumped into a lot of the meats. It's in our plastics. It's in our cans. It's essentially everywhere. Many women are on birth control pills for many years of their lives. So over and over again, there's these insults to our hormonal system telling it it's not working properly. So I have to give it more. We have to give it more hormones or I have to do more to help regulate my system. But really it's these insults that are creating that depletion of that thriving hormone that's 
supposed to help nourish you first so that you can nourish the world after. What are, what are some ways to nourish? I was just about to ask. Yeah. I'm like, I know it's on an individual basis, but mm -hmm. in general that we can all at least start from. Yeah, I think one of the big things that you can just start doing every day is every choice that you're making in a moment. So whether it's a choice of food or a thought that you're having or an event that you're going to, is asking yourself, is this something that's going to nourish me or is this something that's going to deplete me? So becoming the observer in everything that you do is like the first step. So you begin to learn what your pattern is. And then you can bring in the tools that will actually serve you, whether that's meditation, yoga, going for a walk, surfing, traveling, and then on the other side of that, looking at your environment. You know, the products that women are using every day on their face and their body, washing um, dishes with, like, are they going to disrupt my hormones? Because uh, now there's so many resources out there that will teach us alternatives that we can use. So looking at your everyday life, like just looking at the day in the life of Chantel, right? And seeing, okay, what are the things that are contributing to this imbalance that my body is trying to work on every day? I just think I was actually talking, I mean, I have, um, I've been doing makeup for 10 years. Okay. And I think about that a lot too. I'm like, these products, like there's nothing in these products that is nourishing for us. Making mm -hmm. us look physically, they're making us look physically better. Um, but it's straight up chemicals all the time. So mm -hmm. I think that a lot, even in, even in my work. Um, that's a, like, it's like we have all of these things that we kind of are faced with day to day, but then there's the additional thing that women themselves. But mm -hmm. think about that a lot. It's like, what I'm saying is, it's like, it's, it's just everything you touch. Like if you're mm -hmm. conscious. Mm -hmm. And try and control what you can control. Because there's many factors that we can't control. So when it comes to makeup, there's a great website, EWG. Um, you can punch in all your products in there and it'll give you the carcinogenic um, ingredients that are in your products and give you alternatives to clean ones. So yeah, there's, there's companies out there that are trying to do the work. And unfortunately, the cosmetic company, it's not regulated like other things. So many things can get in there, especially things like lead, which is a heavy metal that will block your uptake of iron and zinc. And many women are very anemic today. So these simple things that we're doing every single day. Right? And it's not that we're just doing it for a wedding or we're doing it for whatever. We're doing it every single day. So you have to make a choice in using cleaner products because they're out there. And then also thinking about the why behind the use of it. Right? I think there's deeper layers to that too. I think sometimes we wake up, we wash our face, we put a mask on and the makeup allows us to put that mask on so we get ready for the day. Or this the other side of it, it's enhancing what the beauty that you already have. So like looking at the relationship behind the choices you're making every day too. Like last year in our office, we did No Makeup March just to see what that would feel like for all of us women in here. And we do a lot of fasting. So we know fasting helps to change your relationship with food. And I thought, well, okay, will this help us change our relationship with products that we're using? And I had, insight for me was I felt that if I didn't look a certain way I wasn't going to be taken seriously so even when I'm sitting in front of a patient if I'm done a certain way then I'm reflecting to them maybe more intelligence but that was the low vibration thought behind it when I started thinking okay what's the polarity for that what's the higher vibration of that I was like well what I really want to do is be a reflection of light for that person so that they can see health in me and then they know that's something that they see in them right 
So that's the higher vibration. So looking at like the thoughts and the choices and the why behind we do everything that we do every day, because women are sicker than men. We are more prone to autoimmune disease, to many different cancers, even cardiovascular disease. The, the moment we're in menopause, our risk for cardiovascular event goes up by 50%. Wow. So if we can work on ourselves now, and I always say to women, you know, imagine how many industries would go out of business if we just loved ourselves. Imagine what that would do. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. I love that so much because um, so much of the advertising in the world of is promoting this like self-love messaging for you to buy their products. But it's like, yeah. this is, it's more like, no, you don't like love yourself. And this is a moment of mm-hmm. like in the addiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really poking at your self-worth, right? It's telling you the moment that you have this, your worth is going to go up. Joy will come to you, but we know that's all very momentary. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I have addiction. And it's again, funny because me and Chantal have been talking for a while, but I have been, what is it? A year and a half now sober from an addiction. Amazing. Yeah. Dealing so with for my whole life, basically. Mm-hmm. And, um, my mom is like macrobiotic yoga teacher, like hardcore. She's like, <laughs> she's like, no, hasn't been sick since I, I can remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was kind of going through this journey, she's like, you know, it's going to really take your body along to readjust and heal. And I was like, no, like six months in, I'll be good. And I'm here sitting here a year and a half in and still, I always text on time. Like I got to cancel today. I'm not feeling well. Like I'm still not fully there. So a question that I had, I was like, well, how long does it really take? Mm. The average, like I couldn't find any information on this. Yeah. How long does it, the average person take to, to fully readjust again? Or do you ever? Yeah, I think it's a change in perception, even on that statement. It's like, are you interested in the destination or the journey of your life? Wow. Right? So I've been, I've been on this journey for over 10 years. And when it comes to addiction, we all have different levels of it you know different stories and there's so many layers to us that when you're going through a healing process it's not just about that addiction it's about so much more so yes you're one year sober which is fantastic but what that's allowed you to do now is to go deeper because now you have this opportunity because of the experience that you had you have this opportunity to go to these deep layers a lot of women don't get because I find it isn't until we hit that rock bottom, no matter what level that bottom is, we don't make the choices to dig deeper because you're not just dealing with you, you're dealing with generations, right? You're dealing with cultural stuff, you're dealing with global things. And so it's not so much of like, okay, how long is it gonna take my body to balance? Because tomorrow, sister, there's gonna be another stress that's gonna come your way <laughs> and you're gonna have to rebalance again, right? It's to hear that, you know? It's- yeah. Kind of guess when you're in it you're so hard on yourself because i'm like I yes so hard so like when am i going to feel better so but yeah 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 there's layers there's hormones oh my god hormones when they're changing and shifting and as you're aging things are changing and shifting and it's the best thing we can do for ourselves is learn how to be flexible and adaptable the more adaptability we create in our body and our minds the more we can just shift when life is throwing us in a certain direction that even makes me just think about relationships around me. Like it's like we talk about boundaries a lot, but it's like even being flexible and adaptable within your boundaries. Like it's just mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. Always observing and always questioning and never, never settling for what, um, you know, the culture is telling you and what others are telling you, but just even what your mind is telling you, just constantly questioning. What is the number one thing you see in your practice with women that is or that like a complaint? Um, number one, I would say fatigue and brain fog would be like the number one that kind of brings them in like that knowing of like I do not feel like myself and there's then you know there's like the other stuff behind it there's some anxiety some depression sometimes there's autoimmune Hashimoto's is huge now it's an autoimmune disorder of the thyroid um but the things that actually draw them in is like I can't get out of bed I don't have energy to take my kids to school I don't have energy to do the work that I'm doing so energy I find is like the big one and there's just there's so much behind that one symptom yeah and like we're very intimately and getting into more like woo stuff like we're intimately related to the moon right like there's ebbs and flows in the water like the moon influences the ocean it influences us absolutely so just also honoring the the dips and the highs and everything too i think what we're taught is that you should feel a certain way all the time like why are you happy all the time that makes no sense to me, <laughs> yeah. right? So really just like honoring where you're at in that day and then, and maybe what you're feeling is giving you a signal and then going deeper to figure out what that is. And maybe there's something physiologically going on. Maybe your progesterone is low and that's why you're feeling that way in the two weeks maybe before your cycle or whatever it is. There's usually something behind it, but I wouldn't label it or um, feel bad about it because we're so hard on ourselves, but just recognize that your body's telling you something. Now it's up to us to hear the message. Instead of ignoring it or telling yourself, Oh, or just get her done, you know, just like get her, just keep on going because that's something that we're taught all the time. It's like, oh, no, that's nothing. Just keep going. Yeah, we, we, Bianca and I <laughs> talk about that a lot and like just like how, just like work schedules, you know, there's certain days where we just can't do any work. Mm -hmm. Other days where it's just super motivated. Mm -hmm. And I'm really trying to live a life where I like tune into the of that and like honoring what's happening. Um, which how do you do that it's I it's just like subtle awareness subtle awareness picking up on the patterns but there's also it comes with like a, a huge privilege that I have able to have a business that allows me to work in that way and I think about you know women who work maybe in the corporate world or they work more of a structured job how they're forced to just go and like show up Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's what i think a lot about too when we have these conversations when yeah. i was in more of that structure i'm like i didn't have a choice of whether i was in a good mood yeah. had low energy or like i still had to go and get her done yeah yeah i think over time what's happened um, i mean this is a bigger conversation it's like when the feminist movement happened it was fantastic it really brought us to this state of like you know feeling motivated and equal and brought us so many rights but what it also did is brought confusion we are physiologically built very different than men. Men's um, go-to hormone is testosterone. Women's is oxytocin. Oxytocin is about gathering. Is it's a it's the love hormone. It's about connection. It's about nourishment. Testosterone is the doing hormone. So we have these strengths in men and women that 
in the corporate world, if they would tune into that, could be utilized really well. Because women are probably the best leaders because they have the capacity to open up their aura and really see everything. They see all elements of what's going on in a corporation. Whereas men, they get a task, they can get it done from A to B. We can't really do that. We see the whole picture because for us, it's 1A, 2A, 3A, 4A. It's not just, you know, 1 to 2. <laughs> There's so many different layers of looking at it all. So we have the capacity to do a lot, but it doesn't always mean we should. And that understanding needs to shift in the world. And I do feel we have moved from more of a masculine world to a more like feminine energy world, however you relate to those energies. Um, so I feel like it is shifting. Even in the corporate world, there is becoming more awareness of like that needs to shift. But I also know in some areas it isn't. Like I have a pregnant patient who works for just a retail company and she wasn't even given extra breaks to help support her or given her like she had to stand all day. Like all these things that just the awareness just isn't there of like this is a woman that's bringing in the next generation. We should be honoring her instead of making her suffer through this eight hour shift. Right. So there's a lot of shifting that needs to happen, but I think it always starts with us first. So if you believe your worth is there, then you can reflect that and communicate that better in that world. Because I am lucky. Like every day I'm so grateful I do the work that I do because I get to learn every day from my patients. And Chantel, like you said too, like we have businesses where that force us to elevate and force us to do this. But for a woman that is in a man's world, unfortunately, in that corporate system it's really challenging. So you have to be even stronger. The strength is there. I mean, Wonder Woman, hello. Like the warrior woman is in there, but it's working on these other layers and really figuring out what your self-worth is and how much you love yourself. And then that will help you, help serve you in that world. So beautiful. I have a question that's a little, um, based off something you said about the testosterone for men and toxins. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure how many male Worked with, but I know that you're married, conscious, aware man. Mm -hmm. Have you ever noticed um, as men you know, develop a better relationship with the system, you know, they raise the conscious vibration, that there's a shift in that, like testosterone and looking for more oxygen? Because mm -hmm. it's an interesting question, but I noticed some of like the men that are in my world of like in my they seem to be more like <laughs> yeah so it's interesting to give um a little background even with my husband like i feel he was more oxytocin driven before and then now that he's really stepped into who he is and has conscious men around him um does the work now you can see that he's becoming, it, there's a balance now. Like the testosterone is there. He's getting things done. Yeah. He's more confident in who he is as a man and understands the, the relationship between the two. So yeah. can, can tap into the oxytocin when needed and then step into, you know, the power of the man, the testosterone component when needed as well. So I find if one is, in one direction there's they're still searching as for women too because we get stuck in the testosterone driven too yeah. and we're still searching for what that balance is but once you know you you figure that out i feel like you can tap into both when needed yeah yeah because i think the misconception with us women too is we want our male counterparts 
to be our girlfriends. Mm -hmm. They're not <laughs> at all, <laughs> right? But we have this expectation. So I think there's shifting that needs to happen on both sides. What do you mean by that? Well, when we talk to them, we think they're going to understand exactly what we're saying or understand how to respond to our craziness. Because like, as women, we talk everything out. We don't need them to tell us what to do or fix the problem because their testosterone is a hormone, so they want to fix the problem. You're presenting something. They have an idea. They want you to fix it, whereas a lot of times we just want to feel heard. And then they're not doing that, and then we get pissed that they're not doing what we want them to do. <laughs> That's why I always tell my girlfriends, I'm like, have your boyfriend, have your husband, but you have to have your set of like really yes. women in your life that you can yeah. do all of the vomiting. Yes, yes, the yes, <laughs> the verbal vomiting, yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just had this realization that I, right now I seem to attract men that want to be my Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, they're searching for your oxytocin because you exude it. So yes, yeah. I wonder, I wonder like, what that that's all about. Um, mm -hmm. And it's interesting, you said that there's an there's not a balance there, and they're like in its space. Mm -hmm. We actually on Friday we have a union analyst coming on, and in the union psychology lineage, they talk about like the opposite sex part of the soul that might be like um pressed is okay. like, it's a female it's the masculine element the anima and the animus um, mm -hmm. and how sometimes when we're not totally balanced or we're going through self-realization like a woman might be out um masculine qualities and look at like mm -hmm. yeah related to what you're saying like that testosterone Mm -hmm. yeah it's the yin and the yang right like we're always looking to balance that intuitively we know it but consciously we don't know what we're doing yeah yeah <laughs> say that again <laughs> yeah sonia i just want to say i really celebrate you and mm -hmm. uh, your commitment to women. so incredible like you really go above and beyond thank you that means a lot and Thank I think you. you also just gave us so much information that was so clear and clear cut for me to really like be able to digest and work on. Good, good, good. I hope your listeners get that too. And thank you guys for bringing information out to the world because I think that's, this is how we're going to shift it, right? Like one woman at a time, one, one human at a time. I think it's just, this is the way to do it. Thank you so much. Thank you thank so you. much. Where can our listeners find you? So a few places. Um, my husband and I have a clinic in Vancouver, so our website is divineelements.ca. We're also very active on Facebook. Um, I have a Dr. Sonia Jensen page, and I have a podcast called Women N Wellness. Um, so there's that too. We give away a lot of great information on that too. So there's yeah a few, few spots. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. We'll put uh, all the links. Notes. Great. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. Thanks, Thank Sonia. you. Take care. Bye. You too. Bye. Thanks for listening. So as a money coach, I always talk about the exchange of energy. You guys just listen to this dope episode for free. So don't be cheap. Make a deposit into your Karma Bank account and review and subscribe to this podcast.